Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Train Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boost every single day. AJ, Rudo, Megan, coming to you after, I mean, what made more sense? Whatever that was or this hockey game? Because honestly, I think it's pretty close. Whatever that was made a lot more sense. <laughs> I'm just disappointed you more. didn't start the pod with all aboard. <laughs> Could have, probably should have. Uh, Avs win over the Anaheim Ducks 5-4. to four. There's the Nachushkin shirt everyone's wanted for all time. Go buy it right now. It's out there. Go put a train on your chest. Uh, <laughs> Avery wants to know where you got your dress. I don't know what that is. Sheehan. Great. I... <laughs> uh, all right. I'm on your show. There's like a million miles of ground to cover in this <laughs> hockey game, so I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. <laughs> I'm gonna try. Uh, the first period was kind of slow, a little bit all over the place, uh, at least in the first ten. The Avs do, though, get the first goal of the game from JT Comfer and then can proceed to not score on multiple five-on-threes in like six minutes of power play time. They're still up one nothing after the first, though. They get up 2 nothing in the second period because uh, Miko Rantanen exists and is good at hockey sometimes. Uh, and then from there, the game proceeds to completely fall apart as the Ducks score four unanswered goals varying shapes and sizes, which we will go through. The third period is just a catastrophe on all shapes, imaginations, whatever you can do. Somehow, the Avs get every call in the universe late in the third period, tie it up off of goals from, what was it, it was Miko and, and Mac, right? Yep. And then they get it to overtime, and McKinnon just wins the game well into overtime. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand any parts of how we got here. Well said. <laughs> Let's wind it back. Let's actually get into it. Let's talk about it a little bit. Um, first period. I don't think you have or I don't have major problems with it. I'll say it that way. But it certainly felt like there was potentially more to get there from Colorado. Let's let's just get these power plays out of the way first in the first period. It's not that the Avs played them terribly. Yeah. The puck just didn't go in the net. Three posts, multiple great opportunities. Are are you guys content with the Avs first period or did you want more? Uh, I, you absolutely want it more <laughs> when you have two different 5 on 3s and you have a, the, the last of them comes on a 4 minute penalty. You need to score on one of those. Like, that's honestly like, yeah, you want more. You don't, you, you honestly, you look at it and you say, yeah, they hit three posts. They come very close um, to, to busting the game wide open in the first period. Um, but yeah, you absolutely want more from that. What you did when the power play later in the game is what you wanted to do in the first period. So you don't have to mess with overtime to begin with. You you had your opportunities and they just didn't cash in, in on them. And that was kind of the theme until the very end of the game when they got opportunities and all of a sudden they 
everything that had that had gone the other direction against the Avs went Colorado's way. And uh, so, yeah, you you know, you get you, even just one power play goal in that first period, and you you go in two nothing into the second period, and then if they play the same kind of second period that they did, I mean. They, it could go very, very differently than how it ended up. For sure. So, yeah, you absolutely wanted more there. And I think that's going to be a common theme of what we talk about tonight is up until the very end when they had to have it, <laughs> starting with that power play with about seven minutes to go in the third period. Yep. You wanted more at all in, in all facets at every turn from Colorado. You just wanted more execution, more finish, because <clears throat> the process of creation, they did a great job there. They had a bunch of scoring chances. They just didn't quite cash in on them. I think that is going to be true of how we break down a little bit of this game, but it isn't a bad first period. It's significantly better than their first period against LA yesterday, but they leave a bit on the table when they have the man advantage. I think they only get one shot on net, seven attempts blocked, three posts. That's just a rough go. And if not for a JT Comfort goal in that frame, you look at how the rest of this game plays out and see that as missed opportunity, opportunity left on the table that could have made their lives a little bit simpler because there were many points, especially towards the end of this game, where it didn't feel like they could win it anymore. It felt like it was just a little bit out of reach. And you look back on that first period and see an opportunity to have gained a little more footing than they had. Though I will say I did think they started the second period and honestly had a pretty good second period up until the final minute so I don't think it harmed their momentum in a negative way I think they responded in intermission pretty well too but that being said it leaves a lot to be desired just because of how much opportunity to have four power plays two of which have five on three or three on five opportunity that uh, arguably the best stretch of hockey they played in this period was the first 10 or so minutes of the second period yeah and they didn't score. Yeah. It, that's the one stretch where I'm like, okay, I'm really not asking for that much more out of them in yeah. that stretch, except for putting the puck in the net. Yep. And I say that very easily when the entire objective of hockey is to put the puck in the net. Yeah. Does the process matter? Of course. Yeah. Well, and because last night, you know, we were talking about how they played like dog shit and through yep. two periods. Just got they away with it. Yeah. No business being in a 2-2 hockey game. They come out in the third period and they get the job done. Tonight, it's the exact opposite of that. Where through two periods, they should be running away with this hockey game. Yep. They're, they go into another third period tied 2-2. And they come out and get their head kicked in to start it. So, uh, you know, you are talking about the process definitely does matter. Uh, how you get there like that. And that's why, you know, when you're, we're talking about left opportunities in the first period, if, if they're up to nothing and they play the way they do at the start of the second period, boy, you really, really think this game looks differently. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot of different factors there. If the Avs get a three, nothing lead, Anaheim almost certainly goes away in this game. Things like that. You sure would hope so. And, whatever you want to chalk it up to Avs not quite executing well enough. Lucas dust all playing well, a little bit of luck, whatever the Avs weren't getting the pucks to go in the first 40, eh, the first 50 minutes of this game. Really? It was yeah. a struggle for them to get the puck to go in the net. Even if they did get two, uh, with that being said, I look at the second period. Well, the third period's his own thing. Let's talk about the second period first. Yeah. 
even the goals they gave up as a whole, second period, probably their best period. Agree? Disagree? We'll start there. <laughs> Do we count overtime? No. You don't they, get the, the overtime's not a period. Okay. Yeah, then, yeah. I'd say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we've seen a lot of this this year where the Avs played a good period and they get bodied by their own, not just mistakes, but gargantuan sized yeah. James and the Giant Peach rolling down the hill. Yeah. Level of mistakes. Man, James and the Giant Peach, that's a reference. <laughs> I got a couple in the bag, all right? Uh, it's it's not that they played a bad period. It's that you look at the mistakes they make yep. that punish them, and you just it's, when, it's when, like they just turn their brain off. When they finally break through with the Miko goal to make it 2-0, yep. you feel like, okay. They've got control of the game Here we now. go. They're yeah. controlling everything. They're fine. They've now been rewarded for it. It's a great play. By by Rantanen's great backhand, and you feel like okay, now it's time for them to kind of start running downhill with the game. Yep, and they can really kind of set themselves up to have an easy third period here. And the exact opposite happens; they they just start shooting themselves in the foot, <laughs> like Yosemite Sam. Thing was an automatic tonight. Yeah, like just <laughs> it, it was it was really disappointing, honestly. Just they've done For all sure. the good. They've done all the good work. They have a two nothing lead. You blow the chances in the first period. You are frustrated, and halfway through the game, you're up two nothing. Like you're like, yeah, okay, this could have gone better, but we're still in really really good position here. And then it just kind of falls apart for them. It's a pretty good first twenty five minutes to string together, and kind of similarly, but an expiring power play leads to them getting hemmed in in their own end. And yep. this is kind of the story of the next two goals in the five minutes in the remaining of the second period mm. is not being able to get out of their own end, getting hemmed in, can't break out pucks to save their life. And that's just not, when you think of the Colorado Avalanche, it's not particularly a struggle that comes to mind, but it is mm -hmm. one in a lineup that is missing key parts of their <laughs> decor. It's... The puck moving elements of it well, it, with it, no Byram and no Makar. 100%. Big time problem for them in their own zone. And it's interesting because you go back to the first goal that they give up. And look, a team like the Evs who has an expectation of being able to move pucks out quickly. Sometimes your forwards cheat. Sometimes they're looking to break out of the zone quickly. Mm -hmm. Both Lars Eller and Alex Newhook yeah. are converging on a guy at the blue line. And both of them stay high. Yeah. And well, and both of them just wave sticks at him and right. think the other guy is going to do it. Right. If you watch immediately after Vitrano scores, watch Lars Eller come right over turns to turns around yeah. and looks at Alex Newhook and is like, Buddy, you need to make a play there. I walk him all the way down the wall into you, and you just it's a lazy stick check instead of Newhook stepping into him and asserting himself physically. It's a lazy stick check that 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 they that they are able to fight through, and it turns it turns into a goal against because it's it's the lack of commitment to that little detail. Eller does a fine job walking him all the way out to the top of the zone. You love that that guy's moving away from the goal with the puck. You're like, yes, please continue in that direction. And as soon as he stops, instead of ensuring that that puck gets out, Newhook does not assert himself. Yep. And he's casually it, floating high into yeah, the zone. And, and just tries to get away with the little stick check. I don't know if he thinks that he's going to pop, uh, 
poke that puck loose and it's going to spring Eller to go in the other way. I don't I don't know what the reasoning is there, but it it just wasn't good enough between the two of them. And I primarily put that on New Hook. And, and I, I want to pin it on New Hook too because the consistent issue we saw the Abs make in this game was just boneheaded decisions. Yeah, it, it, the New Hook one there, the other goal. On Miko. What is Miko doing? Dude, it's so what bad. What is Miko Rantanen doing on Anaheim's second goal? It, what was... I would love to ask Miko what the game plan was there and get an honest answer from yeah. him. Because I just don't understand what the plan was floating out high into the zone with yeah. the puck. What was he going to do with There's, it? And Devon Taves is supposed to be a safety valve there. Miko takes the puck directly to him. Yep. But doesn't <laughs> give it to him. And Taves is now just like... I'm in the way of like everything two here. Two feet away from him. Like, yeah, uh, like I'm not a safety valve. I can't help you. I can't do anything. You're on your own now. You've worked yourself into this position. And instead of treating it like overtime where he just retreats into the neutral zone and is like, this sucks, but let's live to fight another day. He tries to make a desperation play that goes very, very poorly. And Adam Henrique ends up completely by himself and just beats Frankie. It's tough because you know when it's mine, he wants to keep that possession off the draw. But Henrik is on him and put and pressuring him so hard that he does need to seek some relief there. Even if it means coming out of the zone or relying on Taves, it's better than turning the puck over to Henrik, who is coming on him hard and has a little bit of that edge then to just burst through the neutral zone and in on the breakaway with speed. That's why he's pressuring Mikaranton in there. Yeah. And like he walks himself into these problems and you're like, man, you're making it easy on the defense. Right. They want you doing this. It's, and you look at you, you do look at that difference. Uh, similar situations. How do they handle it? Miko tries to do something desperate and it turns it. into a breakaway. Yep. Yeah, it's just just tough. Yeah, it's really tough. And and uh, part of it is look, it, no hockey game is perfect. You're gonna make mistakes all the time. Yep. But one, you can't make the critical mistakes. Certainly not as often as the Avs did in this game. Yeah. And two, it really, really cannot be your best players making those mistakes. Yeah, because to that point, like, Rantanen had given you the second goal, but you were talking about it's two nights in a row where you were looking at your top line going, what are you guys doing? Not getting enough out of it. Like, when you give that up, like, you're talking about beating the Ducks. The Ducks have a hard time scoring because the Ducks aren't very good. They're brutal defensively, and they don't score a lot on offense. It's a pretty bad combination for for winning a hockey game. And when you just hand them, the first one, you could kind of chalk that up to, hey, they outplay you there. And the second one, you just give a breakaway. Yep. To Adam Henrique, who's one of their, who's going to be one of their better players. You just hand it to him. If Frankie makes a save there, you love that. You get away with it. You're very lucky. <laughs> But you shouldn't have been there in the but, first place. But yeah, you yeah. create. You're talking about creating scoring chances for them. They aren't having to do the work there, and that's that's where the frustration is. Is they had spent a, a period and a half just pouring on chances and creating so many opportunities and, and breakaways and odd man so rushes, quickly. Yeah. and to just just hand it over with laziness like that. That's what frustrates you. If if they outplay you, they outplay you. Yep. You tip the cap and you say, hey, that's just life sometimes. But you look at those two goals, they aren't outplaying you as so much as you're opening, you're kicking open that door. You're way you're more so than Henry goal than the first Vetrano goal. Yeah. Way more first, so agree, than Henry goal. Agree. And there's more of that in the third, which we'll get to. Yeah. But. 
it's just, uh, Megan, do you have a do you have a real solution that can be implemented here or is it do you just have to go to Miko and be like, "Hey man, you just got to be better." For Miko specifically, yeah. I, I even think this is one of those plays that he probably knows exactly how he messed up and it is likely something that is going to be broken down with him anyways, but Generally speaking, I think there is a little bit of a sleepiness sometimes the Avs catch themselves in off the draw, no matter the situation on the ice that has cost them, whether it be an ozone face-off or sometimes in their own, own end, it's especially costly and it's directly led to goals against because they are not engaged enough right off the hat. And even if, because we know that they are a team that sometimes struggles at the face-off dot, even if they don't have that possession, they still need to be engaged from the moment that play begins. And sometimes I feel like they're a step behind it. So it's not even specific to just Miko Rantanen in this case, but even in this third period, that Brett Leeson goal, I think is the result of Avs not being engaged enough off the draw. And so as a result, I think that would just be a conversation about why it's, why it's important to be involved every second, shift by shift, including yeah. off the draw, even if you don't win. It's it, it, a great point, especially with this play from Miko. You should know where you're going with the puck. Yeah, you should know what you're going right, to do. What's with the this. plan? Some kind of plan. Yeah. Yeah, and they're just they're very clearly was not. Yeah. Or if there was, it was a very bad plan. And like this is you look at, I think part of my frustration was. You look at how the Avs gave up the third goal to LA last night. They get the they get the four two lead. Yep. The very next shift, your top line comes out, and they have Nathan McKinnon does this yep. exact same thing. He gets up in high in the zone. He's got his back to the goal. Blindly, he turns around and he tries to spin and, and shoot the puck miss, back in. Miss he just whiffs it, yep. it, and it and it turns it over and it turns into a four on two the other way that Adrian Kempe ends up scoring on. And then you do it again tonight, Rantanen. He goes high into the zone, blindly just throws a puck back into and and like whatever is behind him, which he doesn't know. He just throws it into it and it turns into a it turns into a goal against. And it's well, that kind of like self-defeating. These are your best players doing this to you. And that's why it was frustrating to be at the end of the second period in a two-two game that you had dominated. Well, and and part of this conversation, especially with Mac and Miko. Is look, they they do turn over pucks. They do try high risk plays at times that don't work. But a lot of the time, you look at those plays and say, oh, okay, well, if it connected, that's very likely a goal. Yeah. These plays, if it goes right, what happens? Do the Abs even have possession of right. the puck? It, like, what best case scenario here? Miko Rantanen does this, and the puck just goes into the corner. Right. And like, like you're cycling again, and you're like, well, maybe something happens. It, there was no high upside here, and the. The downside was astronomical. As we, I mean, the, the downside was what we saw. Yeah, it's experienced it firsthand. Yep. Uh, on that note, someone else in this game, solid night, picked up two assists. Yeah, is known to get on the tracks, as they say. Uh, Y'all have been wanting the Val Nichushkin shirt for forever. All right, it's finally here. We finally got it for you. It's a, it's a banger. It really is awesome. I, I I don't know, like genuinely, maybe one of the, our favorite shirts that we've ever the done. DNVR and the smoke, it's I think, so is it's, it's such a great so touch. Good. But all of it ends up great. So it's out here. You can go get it right now at the DNVR locker. There's a link in the description if you want to grab it that way. Jump on it. Go get yourself a shirt. Be looking. Uh, be looking fly. Have it. I. 
I don't know how fast they'll ship. They might not be here for the first round, but if he has to make the second round, I think you'll definitely have him. That, yeah, not, I mean, I have no idea. I'm not, You're no promises like I'm on like that, I, but. This is one of those things I just don't know about. Very true. Uh, yes, the, the gold chain is a beautiful touch yeah. on the train. Couldn't do a Nachushkin. Without it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, jump on that. Also, I've got a pick of the week for you. And uh, I'm sorry, AJ, but I, I got to do it to you based on tonight. If AJ what says he lacks confidence in something, bet on that person. <laughs> That's our pick of the week yeah. based on tonight. Absolutely. <laughs> I wish we had that clip. <laughs> yeah. No, it's fine. We have a lot going on tonight. It'll yeah, be on it's, social media. It's a crazy night for sure. Uh yeah, because that's just the vibe AJ's putting out into the world right now. So You know, sometimes it's your day and sometimes it's not. Hey, if someone can make some money off of it not I, being your day. I joked I joked about how Miko was going to score four goals on his next 12 shots. I need to actually go back and see because I think it's pretty close to that's what happened. <laughs> it, it was <laughs> it was very quick turnaround. Yeah. Uh, After he go. got to 50, I said he was going to score four in his next 12 <laughs> shots. And now I want to go and check. Uh, there you go. Uh, print shirts will be in next week from the printer from the line himself. So perf get them in for the playoffs. If you want them, uh, also get in with DraftKings. Use the DNVR code. When you bet $5, you get $150 in free bets with a new account in the DNVR code. So you might as well splash those bets a little bit on a Miko goal on a Mac goal on an Avs win, whatever you're feeling. Do it with DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com for details or the show notes down below. Also works. Uh, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And it's all void in Ohio. Uh, today is a great advertisement for Fubo TV. Lots of people having trouble trying to get this game. Is it on TNT? You need altitude. Where can you find the game? You can find it on Fubo TV. You got it. You got your altitude fully covered with Fubo. You can get it today at FuboTV.com slash DNVR. There's a little QR code right on the screen there if you want to jump in with it. It's got over 140 other channels, so it's got a ton of television if that's your thing. Obviously, altitude, the most important thing. Uh, if you're a Quinnipiac fan, I hope you, uh, you are enjoying your dub. You can watch college hockey over on Fubo, too. So. I have a hat coming my way. A Quinnipiac hat? Yep. Nice. Yep. As a condition of, I didn't even make a bet. It was just <laughs> told to me, if they win, you have to wear a QU hat on your show. And I said, okay. Oh. <laughs> that's how the conversation went. This is just a thing that's happening yep, to you. This yeah. was a thing. Somebody texted me. Um, one of Somebody went there. So There you go. I mean, Devontae's went there, right? Yes. Okay. If Devontae's bought you a Quinnipiac hat, that'd be funny. I'm assuming it wasn't Taves for the it record. It was not, but that would rule. But, uh, anyway, you can watch your abs with Fubo TV. You can also watch your Nuggets with Fubo TV, who's uh, hurtling towards playoff matchups. So go check them out. Get it today at FuboTV.com slash DNVR. You get 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro with the <laughs> DNVR link. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Second fault, period Rito. of this. What's my fault? Chad has blamed you. What did I do? It's funny. Should read it later. 
I, I can't read. I, That's true. You know. I know that this is true. <laughs> this is why you make videos. Right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> you get into the third period of this hockey game, and this is... This is where I, I am really frustrated and disappointed with this effort from Colorado. The second yeah. period, you made a couple bad mistakes. Okay. You still have a 2-2 game against a bottom feeder in the league. You would really like to see this team go out and take care of their business there. Instead, you got kind of the opposite of that. After last night, don't you like have a little confidence that they're like, all right, third period, they're going to... They can juice it up. Yeah, they're going to... They're gonna, they understand the moment that they're in. The division hangs in the balance with these games here. They got this, right? Like, doesn't last night inspire that confidence? It did for me. I think the part I'm struggling with is the way in which they get this game back is through, I don't want to say luck, but having the power plays that they were gifted is not a guarantee at any point. And they capitalize on it, which is them creating their own luck. But Getting two power play chances so close together in the way that they did at the end of this game is not something I would count on every time if I'm the Avs. So I would not count on that, that ever again. That's where I struggle with it a little bit. I also wanted to amend. I was talking about this Vetrano goal in the second period. Sure. This is the one I was thinking of just in case it sounded weird that I said it came on the ends of an expiring penalty because it was this one. And it was I, bad. Uh, it's it's a, I can't keep any of these goals straight. To be <laughs> All honest the Frank Vetrano goals that yeah. have been scored against the Avs this year. You. It's fine. It's fine. And it's, it's what five of them this year. And, and to your point, like yes, I'm disappointed and frustrated. Yes, I don't want the Avs to do this again. But at the end of this game. They got it together yeah, and did they what they still had pull to it do. <laughs> they don't have to capitalize on those power play chances. I want to give them credit for that. It's definitely well-deserved credit. It's just, you could have made your life a whole lot easier if you just showed up from exactly. the start of the period, exactly. did what you had to do. Instead, you uh, you decided you wanted to ride the world's longest roller coaster. It was fun. It was, it, was fun. It, it was, was an adventure. Like <laughs> I remember looking up, they're down 4-2, and it's like 11 minutes left in the third, and I was like, in my brain, I know this is a lot of time. <laughs> Emotionally, I am so spent right yeah. now. And yeah. then it got wilder from there. <laughs> it's uh we're we're headed for a crash tonight for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um it, it, the Vitrano goal, the third one. <sighs> this is the one where you just you need it from Frankie. And obviously they didn't need it. They won the game. More than any of the others. This is the one you look at Frankie and you just go, bud. Yeah. Against a team that isn't the Anaheim Ducks, against a better team, that goal pretty much ends the game, right? I mean, it's just... It's not It's not even... I saw... And and I understand it's because it's Gerard that people are overreacting to it, in my opinion, but... The move that Vetrano puts on him, like, it's not that big of a deal. It, it, it opens up a shot from beyond far, the circles. Way, yeah, way out, just inside the blue line, from the center of the ice where he can see it, and he just doesn't play it well. Mm-hmm. He's got traffic in front of him, but that's his job. Yep. Like, you have to have that, man. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't look at anything else on that play and say, I have a really big problem here other than that 
he just doesn't stop that puck. And he really needs to. I think it's a fair criticism. I think we would all grant François allowances for this being his first game back in a while. And we maybe had a different hope. But this goal specifically, sure, there's a little bit of traffic. It's from up high enough, though, that he should be able to track that puck. And there isn't a screen. On top of those two things, it's not even like it's not like he fired a missile. Right. That is not a great shot. And and it's not it's not particularly well placed. It doesn't hit a bunch of stuff on the way in. It's not it's not like one of these pucks where it's like oh it goes off the top of this guy's foot and then it bounces off this guy's elbow. And what what can a goalie do? You look at it and you're just like, what do you mean we're gonna go to? You just stop that puck, man. It's just it's soft. And up until the end of the game, Lucas Dostal was just out playing Francois in this game. I, significantly, I, yeah. It, I like, think safe to say. I, I know people. I know people are like, "Oh, why? Why do these no-name goalies always show up big against the Avs?" Y'all might want to get pretty comfortable with Lucas Dostal. I think Anaheim. he's so special. <laughs> like you guys are, he is one of the better young goaltenders in professional hockey, uh, and there's a pretty good chance he's Anaheim's starter sooner than later. Like when they when they move on from John Gibson this summer. It won't just be about getting rid of Gibson and, and moving on, whatever. It'll yep. be because they want to give their net to this guy. He's a good, good young goaltender. And and again, worth noting that that goal only comes about because the Avs can't get possession of the puck. Right. Can't get it out of their own zone in the first place. Yeah. Does matter. Um, And then uh, and then Anaheim's fourth goal. Do you want better there or is that just absolute nonsense? On live, I was pretty frustrated with Frankie. On replay, when you see that he makes the stop, and that puck just comes out and hits Gerard, who doesn't know it, yeah. who's not doing this intentionally. He he was covering his guy, and then he's trying not to run his goaltender over. The puck hits him, and it just goes in. And that's one where you just look at it, and again, I don't know that you're 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 mad that that's the fourth goal. You're sure. mad that you're now down four two to Anaheim, who sucks. You're mad that you're in this position, but when you look at how that goal happens. You don't love the odd man, like you don't love the scoring chance that exists. But when it goes in, are you really blaming Sam Gerard because he's just standing there? It's like with Taves in the skate on it, the power play of the broken stick. We don't want to throw yes. Taves into the sun. We don't like it. It's unfortunate that it's, it happens. It sucks. But that's not what the play that Taves or Gerard are trying to make in those situations. Right. And it's to be honest with you, it's pretty good defense that Gerard has on the guy going to the net up to the point where it bounces off of him on a insane. And like the one thing I will say, I think is if Frankie plays it a little bit better, yeah, I mean he controls that rebound. If there's no rebound and he just eats it, then that goal never happens. So do you want that differently? Sure, but how many times have we talked about Pavel Francouz and the one thing that you want differently? About it's him that he rebound can control, control. Yeah. is rebound control. Yeah. He's going to give rebounds up. That's yep. just going to happen. He's going to give up some rebounds. And and so once and again... And it sucks that that rebound goes off of Sam Gerrard and into the right. net. And Chad is once again having a conversation about plus minus because some people refuse to learn. Is what it is. Uh, and the Avs have put themselves in this situation. There's yep. no like, again the the scoring chance that they give up initially there is not you, it's a two on two yep you don't like that yep you're not you you don't want to be giving that up in that situation you just went down three two 
You should be eliminating these things and doing this the other direction. You don't like that. That sucks. You don't love giving that up. And then a hockey thing happens to you. Right. It's like beyond just our criticisms of Francois on this goal or not because it is such an unusual angle that this puck comes off of Gerard. It's what leads up to it too, though. It's the Avs, in my opinion, not being engaged enough off the draw because this play starts in the offen- the Ducks' offensive zone mm-hmm. and they're just more ambitious than the Avs at that point and they bound up ice on the odd man rush and the Avs are not prepared immediately after the draw to go chase it. And I think that's part of the problem. Like It's definitely a team, a goal that shares blame among the team in different ways. Definitely. And then you get a bad break at the end of it. Yep. Just Exactly. <laughs> All these things lead up to you got unlucky at the very, yeah, very, very yeah. end of this. And and because of that, you're down 4-2. My confidence was low. And, and immediately after this goal, it felt like the Avs were kind of muddling their way through this third period. Obviously, they'd already played bad in it. I really didn't seem like it was going to get better until they draw that power play. <laughs> well, and what you like about it is the they draw the power play because... They're moving, right? right? They they get their Not, legs going. They get themselves engaged in the hockey game. Who drew again. it? One, one thing real quick that... Tased through the second one. It was I Gerard. For, yeah, it's Gerard. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh I uh, see. I see. One, I, one quick me. thing that I do want to touch on before we gloss over it is that after it gets to 4-2... Eric Johnson gets inside outed by Max Jones. Yeah, that's true. Frankie that's hard true. commits and is out of the net. And this is five, two. And this game is over. This is a true nightmare. And EJ <laughs> the just recovery of all recovery. Yeah. Gets to that recovery and keeps Max Jones from putting that puck in the net. At the time it was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> this is a gong show. They should be embarrassed. This is ridiculous. What's going on? Ended up being a very, very, very <laughs> important little thing that happened yep. in the game. Jack Johnson, too, just before that, made a smart defensive play. Obviously, it wasn't enough to completely stop, but it yeah. derailed a little bit of momentum. Then the Eric Johnson, Max Jones things happens, <laughs> recovers, which makes the Jack Johnson smart play actually age pretty well. Like, okay, that was all worthwhile in the end. Yeah. But it was pure chaos, it, that entire I, sequence. The whole, th- even like, yes, EJ standing perfectly still. Max Jones walks him, has him beat, but is just slightly off balance enough that EJ, like, diving back stick lift yeah. is just enough. Just that, enough. That Jones goes spiraling off into yeah. the corner, and then Puck's just sitting there with a yawning cage, and everyone's like, uh. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yep. one of the weirdest hockey plays I've seen in a while. And then who takes that first penalty that they that they have score on? Oh, I, it's Max Jones. I thought he took the second one. Is it the second Zegras one? Zegras hooked Gerard and then You're Jones. right. It was yeah. Zegras. Yeah. I forgot about the Zegras hook. Okay. There you go. So Max Jones with the ultimate throw. I, Sorry, there were so many at the end. Derek I'm not going to lie. I'm literally overrun. looking at it. I would not know this otherwise. I, I'm not. I do not believe that NHL players ever throw games. I don't believe the Ducks threw this game. <laughs> But if you were going to try and convince me, the penalties and the calls at the end of this game would be a good start. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Is the hook is soft. It is. The trip was the only one of the three calls that end up helping decide this game that was I, I thought was like for sure. You can't really be mad about this. Yeah. <laughs> the Derek Grant trip on McKinnon later or the, the Taves tripping? The Taves tripping. The Taves tripping. I, 
it, it was just genuinely wild to me that the Avs got the calls that they got at the end of this game. Yeah, because we were talking after the first period, like, oh, they're definitely yeah, not getting right. another call, right? And then they just kind of did. <laughs> and, you know, credit to the Avalanche. You can only play the game you're in at yeah. any given moment. Yep. They made the plays to draw those calls, and then they capitalized on those power plays in the third yeah, period. Yeah, it's funny. We've spent the majority of this pod so far kind of just bagging the Avs. Yep. They win this hockey they, game. We're now we're now able to get to the part where it's the like, cool part. Yeah. hey, look, they had to have it. Yep. They had to have it. I don't know that they had to have no, it. No, they had to. In this game, they had to have it. In this game, if they wanted to win the game, I'm not talking about okay, bigger picture. Okay, sure. I'm yeah, not I'm talking about you. central division, any of that. I'm saying if they wanted to win this game. I'm with you. They had to have it right then. They needed it. They're down 4-2. They needed to get something. And it didn't. It, it, it was what? Like a 30-second power play? Like it, they, they made it look easy when they scored that first one where you're like, oh, wow, McKinnon cross-seamed Amico Ranton in for a one-timer. <laughs> This is so crazy. How are they ever going to score a goal on the power play again? They went back to the well and it worked. You go, you you set up a guy that has 50 goals on the year for you. Yep. Who has your best shot on your team. For his 100th point. Yeah, no which less. was just 100th point. Poetry. 54th goal, which ties the Avs record. Uh, sometimes the stars align, I yeah. suppose. That's how that works. Yep. Uh, and then we get the the greatest clip from the DMVR watch-alongs of all time. Yes. <laughs> that second power play. So they win that face-off in McKinnon. They've got the camera uh, pre- behind the net. Yeah. And McKinnon fires one that goes... 80 feet. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, genuinely like, like this you far don't, above It goes off head. camera, yeah. <laughs> hits glass, and bounces out of the zone, right? And er, it lands on a duck stick, and they clear it. Yep. For that six second five on three. Yep. And so we're like, they're like coming back up the ice and we're like, oh yeah, you know, they really need it from McKinnon. And as I am saying, it's not going to be a, well, we know it's not going to be a McKinnon one timer as the puck is going across to him and he immediately scores on the one timer. And you're just like, great. (laughs) This is the greatest club we'll ever have. (laughs) Sometimes it happens like that. Yep. Megan, mechanically, was there anything really different about these power plays in the third period? Or is it really just as simple as puck go net? I think it's more as simple as puck go net. Because (laughs) they were creating in the first period on those power play chances. They were just Mm -hmm. getting a lot of shots unusually blocked by the Anaheim Ducks. And they were missing shots yep they were hitting the post (laughs) and so it wasn't for a lack of trying it's not as if they just weren't creating passes weren't connecting the puck was just exiting their zone they were actually controlling possession through most of those power plays didn't hate them just a little bit of uh misfortune and it would have liked it if they uh figured it out a little bit quicker yeah (laughs) i'm sure they would too because (laughs) that was a heart racing third period when you talk about it's a game of inches, you look at they hit three posts in the first period. Yep. An inch here, an inch there, and each of those shots. It, it, this game is for nothing. Yeah, yeah you, you're looking at a multi-goal lead there. Max Jones with Eric Johnson yep. and the recovery. Game of inches, like little inches Game's here over. and there. Yep. And as you're fighting over those inches, you know, the Avs 
get that opportunity with the with the power plays and I mean you can't take anything away from that rocket from McKinnon. We see him airmail that shot over and over and over yep. and over and over. But when he does get when he does connect the on one it, time it goes, it my. really goes. <laughs> and you're looking at it and you're like, that thing isn't just it's perfect. Yep. There's nothing Lucas Dostal can do right. on that. It's perfect. Yeah. Everything about this game for Lucas Dostal should feel like something to be proud of. He faced a lot of workload from pretty talented <laughs> High octane offense in the Colorado Avalanche. And not, he stopped most of it, and he had a lot of fun yeah. doing it. Not, Aww. not often you can give a goalie in his first game the knife. <laughs> the, honestly, there's been a few games he's been in because he plays for Anaheim, where it just might need to be a mainstay, like in his glove. <laughs> just like a little pop out knife, or <laughs> no, dude, it's like a Bowie knife that just sits there. <laughs> And dangles from his locker and says, play better defense. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Oh, man. Uh, okay. Uh, we did get well over 100 likes. We appreciate that from you, chat. Uh, I'm sure Tiff can pour us some some shots with the glasses over there or something. I, are they still over there? I don't know. I'm fine with reusing them. If if I'll do it by myself if other people are not about it. Uh, yes. I actually don't know who we picked. It's it's got to be McKinnon. It was so. I I had a hard time going back and forth between Miko because Miko has a four point night, breaks a hundred points, um, ties Sackick's record, like has a great night, right? But uh, Nathan McKinnon at the end, you're talking about. This is your guy. Like you you have made him for you know starting on July first the yep. most. Uh, the, the highest paid, paid player, player highest paid player in the NHL so you need to have moments like what we saw and you, you didn't have it you didn't have it last night it was awful right it's it's an awful game from him he was brutal uh, I beat him up a little bit in post game writing um, it was it was just bad yep. and you were headed for that again tonight where he just had not done enough for you he had not closed it or hadn't finished it just wasn't good enough from Nathan McKinnon Guy who is having a career year and, you know, like superstar player. You need, sometimes you need that superstar stuff. And at the end of this game, you sure got it in a big way. You want to know why the Avs are better than the Anaheim Ducks? The last 10 minutes of this hockey game from Nathan McKinnon is why the Avs are better than the Anaheim Ducks. Look, Trevor, D Trevor Zegras, awesome player. Troy Terry, great goal scorer. None of those dudes are Nathan McKinnon. Right. He's just better. And it's... Thank you, Deb. Thank you. With tonight, what the McKinnon's got 107 points on the season. Yep. In any other year, we are genuinely talking about him as probably an MVP shoe-in. Yeah, certainly. Certainly, he's like in the like heart conversation. You know, unfortunately, this year it just got right. run away with. I think they should just create a different award the for McDavid, McDavid. <laughs> and everybody yeah. else's MVP. Yeah, well, I mean, you would love for that to be the Ted Lindsay, <laughs> but unfortunately, all the players are going to be like, "Yeah, did you watch Connor McDavid? Connor McDavid, guys, yes. he's right there." <laughs> 
I I can't even like even if they like voted for Nate, Nate would be like, you guys are dumb. <laughs> you should not have voted for I me actually, for this. I believe that. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's and and part of this, as you said, is it's not just Nathan McKinnon. Yes, Mika Rantanen had some incredibly boneheaded plays in this game, but he ends up with a four point night. He breaks 100 points. What What did I do now? Nothing. You didn't do anything. Nothing, okay. Man. All right, good. <laughs> Poor Rudo. He's been accused of so much tonight. It's, it's, it's just how the day goes, all right? Uh, but point being is the Avs have multiple of these guys, even on a night where your defense is extremely compromised. You still have absolute stars to get you through a game where you're pretty disappointed in stretches of it. Yeah. And you I can mean, just get away with that. The third period, you're really, really, really down. Yep. You're, you're looking at them and you're like, the division is right there. How do you not care more about this? How do you not care more about home ice through at least the first two rounds of the postseason if you make it that far? You know, how do you not care about this? You just had those advantages last year, saw, saw what they can do for you. How are you so blasé about this? How are I guess the NM don't like how is this happening? Like why do you not it, it just felt like they were just like, well, we're not going to play Kale, we're not going to play Byram and well, you know, all right. Well, now we don't have the lead anymore and that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. Like and you're just like why? Where is the championship spirit? Where is the where is the team that just refused to go away? Where is where is the team that was was they were the never say die goonies from last year you know like where where is that and you finally saw it kick into gear they get those power play opportunities they're gifted them it's in like incredibly fortunate obviously but they do something with them yeah and then in and and they get the tie game and then you have several minutes to play they try to win it in regulation they get into overtime and dominate overtime they could have won overtime multiple times before whatever that penalty is gets called (laughs) Uh, a couple things i want to talk about there in overtime first of all they survived the pairing of death mac and miko were out there together didn't lose the game so that counts AJ and I were pretty vocal about it on the watch along. Megan, how did you feel about that penalty call of the interference? I wanted one more look at it. However, I think I leaned a little bit with where you were that um, I, I like it. It felt kind of incidental um, and a non-issue uh, in my eyes. Like I could see why they make that call, but because of the context of overtime I didn't expect that if it had been earlier in this game, because I mean, even in this game with how many calls happened, I still not sure I would have expected it um, unless it happened earlier on. But because it was overtime, I was a little surprised. I wanted one more look at it, though. I really thought they were going to hit him with embellishment (laughs) when they stopped play immediately. And they're looking at Erod. I really I was like, (laughs) is one guy really going to go for this? Felt like it should have just been nothing. Yeah, I agreed. Could have easily been nothing. 
it, I, I just don't know how you call that in overtime. I just don't. And, and, and I understand that's crazy coming for me as all people who advocate for no matter the situation, the rules should be the same. But he, I don't know. It, it's tough. It's tough. Anyway, can move on from that. Uh, let's do these Dr. Dub shots here quickly before they get too warm. Uh, <laughs> the unrefrigerated alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> well, uh, I did not think I was going to get these tonight. I did not believe that the Avs were going to figure that one out. No kidding. But they did. So <laughs> however you can get it, Dr. Dubs. Yeah, see, that's Jaeger. Yep. I don't know what the deal was last night. Tore me up, man. Weird. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyway. The Avs do end up winning it on that power play in overtime. Yeah, Nathan McKinnon. <laughs> yeah, Nathan do McKinnon. I need, do I need to say anything <laughs> yeah. else? Like, talking about superstar things, and he just does it. I That's where I'm at with it. I mean, kid brought his shady rays, you know? He looked into the future and was like, oh, it's too bright. They put on the shady rays and then dominated the second half of the third period and all of overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get your Shady Rays at ShadyRays.com, or if you're local, they have a brick and mortar in the Park Meadows Mall, which you can go check out. Tons of different styles, tons of different polarizations, all sorts of amazing stuff. Uh, you can get two pairs with a DNVR code. You get 50% off. That's essentially buy one, get one free glasses. And our favorite part is you break them, you can send them back. They'll replace them in the first 30 days. If you lose them, they'll replace them in the first 30 days. If you don't like them, you can send them back and get refunded in the first 30 days. So they're really looking out for you with your sunglasses. Go check them out at ShadyRays.com. And then when you're looking fly, go hit up Illegal Pete's for some delicious food. Not burgers, burritos. <laughs> or bowls. You can get bowls too. Fair point. They Actually, they have like a lot of stuff. You could get like tacos and uh, quesadillas, stuff like that. Uh we absolutely love them. Their queso is amazing. They do happy hour from 3 to 6 p.m. If you're not Jaeger people like us, if you like uh, tequila like Tiff, they got delicious margaritas down at Illegal Pete's, too. So go check them out. There's one just a couple of blocks down from the DNVR bar. There's 10 of them here in Colorado. There's even one in Arizona, if that's your vibe. So go check them out. Uh, yeah, there you go. Even Enrique shouting out that Shady Rays float if you want to get the want to take them out. On the lake, which is not something that I really do, but the more you know. Don't lie. What? We see you out there on the lake all the time. I've been on a <laughs> lake maybe three times in my entire life. Lake life. And I'm not a lake person. I'm not. Uh, third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. We got a bunch of super chats, and then we'll we'll try to wrap up and put our thoughts together on this nonsense. Wow. Yep. Wow. That's a lot of blue. Yeah. $5 from Melanie, who says, Sometimes they drive me crazy, but I love the avalanche. Go, Miko. On to the next. Thank you for your insight. Always appreciated. Always love you, Melanie. I, don't, I like... It's our job, and I feel like we do a good job of it, and we're doing our best to explain it. But sometimes games like this are best just experienced. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's a great way to put it. This was one of those hockey games that you just kind of have to live through to be like, hockey, baby. Yeah. 
Exactly. Hockey you hate. just never really know. <laughs> uh, five dollars from Logan. Ugly wins the week this weekend, but four points is four points. Sometimes hockey is ridiculous and makes no sense, but that's <laughs> why I love it. Finally, a nuke shirt. We should just let you guys do our show, honestly. I, I tell you, the ugly win yesterday was heartening in a lot of ways, and mm-hmm. the ugly win tonight was just like, whatever, you got your points. Let's yep. not talk about it ever again. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. They weren't created equally. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Close, the one man. last night, you were like, yeah, go team. The one tonight, you're just like, got it. Cool. Mm-hmm. See you in two days. What happened? A W? Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's all I need to know. (laughs) Uh, Big $20 from Jim who says, let's go, y'all. Have a super chat for doubling down on the abs. Down 4-2 at plus 800. If we can get Landy plus Kale on the ice with Moose and Mac, a.k.a. playoff Mount Scattermore. Skate more. Skate more. Okay. It's scary hours for others. The haters are absolutely sick. I mean, grats on the big dub with plus 800. That's that's good money right there. Yeah, he should be buying winter shots. No kidding. <laughs> I mean, he kind of did, to be fair. True facts. <laughs> My bad. True facts. Uh, 20 from the incredible Drew, as always. Can we please just get to the 17th when the guys might 100% care again and the ridiculousness will hopefully end? We also need more AJ predictions <laughs> in real time. You know what? Sometimes they go really well and it's free- it freaks me out and then nights like tonight ha- happen and it makes you realize why you just don't predict yep. the future, man. Yep. It's impossible to do. This <laughs> This is not a good way to be. Thank you very much, Drew. $5 from The Schick, who says, May have been rough watching on TV, but in person, this comeback was fun as hell to watch. Let's go, Ash. We were pretty sure we were watching you watch yeah, the yeah. game. <laughs> if you were the Abs fan, we thought you were. Yep. Were you Were you at the front? Are you wearing that Nordique? Yeah, wearing the Nordiques uh, gear right behind yeah. the Duck Skull. Yep, yep. Uh, and then $10 from Tyler, who says, we play five games in seven days to end the season, then only two days till playoffs. Uh, first, more important to not play the Wild or Stars versus our much-needed rest and injuries for the first round. Uh, so there's a good chance the Avs end up with, like, four days off if they don't play to the 19th. That's still up in the air very yeah. much when they could potentially start. So they'll probably get a decent amount of rest either way. Yeah, we've got a pretty good suspicion that the Avs will not open on the 17th when the NHL does, that the Avs are 18th or 19th. Yeah. Still TBD. You know, there's a lot of there things that have to be figured out. out. But um, because the Avs finish that last day of the season, they're one of two games on the final day of the season. Yep. Uh, in the makeup day. Both of those games are makeup days. From for postponed games. games. Yeah. yeah. Um, that will be uh, a reason why the abs won't start on the 17th. Yep. Or they're not supposed to. We'll see. We'll see how it all actually shakes and, out. And, but and you never you know. should feel confident that they will not start the 17th. But I, but I think also to answer your other part of it, it's not just not wanting Minnesota and Dallas or in the first round. It's about securing home ice. Yeah. And and I get the abs haven't been the best team in the world on, on home ice. But yeah. If you experienced any playoff run, let alone the run last year, you understand how it nuts a playoff crowd can be. Yeah. And and certainly all teams, but I think the Avs, as much as any team out there, absolutely do feed off of crowds. So it does matter a little bit. Yeah. 
It is weird though that this year the the ads have been such a dominant road team. Uh and they've just been like fine at home. Yeah. Um, I'll be curious to see if that takes a any kind of a flip in the postseason yeah. when the Avs will have close to their lineup in game one, but will definitely. I think there's going to be a different energy around For the sure. Avalanche that has not existed all season. I'm hopeful. Yeah. Megan, there's a lot of tape to look at from <laughs> this hockey game. How much of it is actually worth looking at and how much of this is let's just move on. Honestly, I would only key in on tail end of second and parts of the third. I, I so I, I would keep it pretty focused on goals against. Okay. And cuz I'm sure they've covered some things from the mistakes of LA, which were important ones to cover coming into Anaheim. And then it just presents what shouldn't be a new mindset but probably is in ways ahead of Edmonton, and that is this is a playoff caliber team. You need to be different than you were against LA and against Anaheim. That's just the bottom line. So whether that means reflecting through tape or turning the page and only looking at a little bit of this game, I'll leave it up to the professionals, but they do need to have a different mindset. Do they have a different lineup? That's where I was heading to next. Yeah, I don't have confirmation of this, but I do feel like if Bo is feeling a little bit better, you get Bo back in there, yeah. 100%. And I think that changes things quite a bit. I still think it's okay mm. to continue being cautious with Kale McCarr mm. through the rest of these games, but I do think they are missing a little bit of an it factor in some of these games. And it's good to see McKinnon sort of finish this game on the high note that he did because hopefully it was a confidence booster, especially after LA was so tough on him to lead into Edmonton. But... I think they could benefit from a little added boost. Maybe an Arturi Lekkanen if he's feeling healthy. You think there's a little extra take like between these two teams? Back. Just they, they still they're still fighting for both of them are still trying to win their divisions. So there's still something at play here. For sure. But do you think that when all when when push comes to shove, are they gonna treat it like a playoff game? Or are they both gonna be like, hey, we're seventy two hours from the end of our season. Let's Let's take this seriously, but let's not go crazy here, fellas. Right. I don't think you'll see a comeback like you did in this game. I, I think I expect a more controlled, gradual sloping game, not a hedge hopper. Does, that, does <laughs> such a thing exist for the Oilers and the Avalanche? <laughs> eh, maybe not. Like Maybe the fact not, that they played, but... what, the 3-2 game earlier this year yeah. where Brad Hunt tied it in the third period? Yep. Like, like that's the closest low-scoring game that they've had in forever. But I, I, I do expect it to be more sensical. I suppose <laughs> we'll put it that way. Yeah, as long as your your stars perform like your stars throughout the game, and that's not just a call out to like Av stars. I think it's going to be true of Edmonton too, because I think there's added pressure then for these two teams that contain some of the mm. leagues record breakers on them of this season to prove that there's a reason that they belong in these conversations but on both sides of it the dry idols and the mcdavids and the mckinnons and the rantanums absolutely yeah i mean look no further than mac you know that dude always wants to perform against the best so i, I this one was nuts 
<laughs> so glad it's over. Me too. It's over. Uh, tomorrow, you can keep an eye out for the At The Rink podcast that we'll be dropping. Be sure to check that one out. Uh, we also got some some pretty cool stuff planned in the coming week. I, I guess they eh, probably won't be out till the weekend, but lots of content like, coming like, your way. Typical playoff stuff, yeah, you know. We're yeah. gonna do we're gonna do previews of each series, and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna get into it and make predictions that will be one hundred percent correct. Yeah, exactly. Mm. We should really do our. We should go back and look at our preseason predictions and see how close mm. we got. Because I can tell you, the answer is not, not very. Close. Yeah. And yet, somehow, we might still get the Avs winning the Central, right? So. Yeah, that might be one of the only things that... <laughs> the, the, I'm trying to think how many different things we were so wrong about. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. Lots, lots of Calgary love. Yep. I was yep. big. I think big I was on that, too. It was that I I liked Anaheim as a wild card team. That's the one that I remember that I got way wrong. But I'm gonna be the one who got the Kings right. Uh, anyway, yeah, different day, different topic. We're gonna get out of here. We appreciate all y'all hanging out with us. It was it was fun. It was also a thing that I'm not sure about. It was a lot, and it's over. Let's get out of here. <laughs> choo, choo. <laughs>